I know I'm finna get some backlash about this. But I don't give a damn what nobody think about Yolanda. You understand me? I need for you to know that now. Y'all be seeing y'all ass up here. Tell my son, oh, it's, I'm talking to these women. Oh, my kids come first. I ain't studying no man right now. My kids come first. And let me tell you something. You gonna spend your whole life putting your damn children first. And your ass gonna be by your motherfucking self. When they ass get grown and gone. And with their own families, ain't studying your ass. Ain't nothing wrong with putting your children first, but it damn sure ain't nothing wrong with you having a mate either. You get what I'm saying? Some of y'all sit here and worship these damn children like they a piece of goddamn gold, making them the men and the women in y'all life. And then at the end of the day, when they ass get grown and gone, your ass sit at home with cats and dogs laying in the bed with you. You ain't got no mate to talk to. You talking to your damn self. You just pitiful. I had to wait the fuck up on that shit because I was on that same bullshit by, oh, my kids come first. Baby, let me tell you something. When my daughter went to college, that girl ain't gave a damn about me since she left. I ain't saying she don't love me, but I guarantee you she ain't put me first in her life over her boyfriend and what she got going on. We sit here and put these children on a damn pedestal, and meanwhile, when they ass get grown, they leave and they like, what they supposed to? So guess what that mean? Mama gonna live her life too while she got one. Tomorrow I ain't guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? People say, oh, I can't have these different men in my life around my kids. Why you can't? If he ain't got them abusing you and he ain't doing that wrong to you around your damn children, why you can't have a man around your damn kid? If he, if he, if, if, if you setting the tone of how that shit supposed to be and you, if he treating you how you supposed to be treated, why, why the fuck you can't? Child, please. Take it from me. I'm telling you right now. Take it from somebody who had the same damn mindset. Your ass gonna be lonely. You gonna be old. You gonna be walking around here. Talking to your motherfucking self, because you done pushed every damn body away. Child, let me tell you something. Because you're trying to satisfy some damn kids. I understand you got to love your kids. I understand that your kids matter. But baby, guess what? Mama matter too. And I'm going to let it be known that I matter. You sit here, you let your children run your life. You let, you let them tell you what to do. You act like your children, you like your children, your fucking parent. Baby, I'd be damned if I let a child run my damn life. I promise you that I'll be done if I let a child run my life. I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. I'm 41 years old. I birthed y'all. Y'all didn't birth me. If I want to go on me a date, I'm going on me a date. If I want to have me a man come over, I'm having me a man come over. I'm in my room. I ain't bothering y'all. It don't matter how old a man gets, he's always going to have options. Younger, finer, fitter, willing. But they wasted all their time telling all these good men... Oh no, you know, you're not my type, and you know, I need a man that's gonna do all this stuff for me. You you too broke for me. Y'all brag about the fact that y'all don't cook. You brag about the fact that you're not cleaning for nobody. You brag about the fact that you're selfish. You brag about all these things that are contrary to what a man wants. What happens is they start approaching that wall. Once they are approaching that wall, or once they hit it, they already got kids. They're not in their prime anymore. And then they get frustrated. They try to convert other women and try to convince other women that they also don't need men because now they no longer qualify. Now what are you left with? You're broken, used, washed up, your self-worth, your dignity, all of that done gone. Now what you gonna do? You love talking about yourself and you could do bad out by yourself and you it's all about me and because I'm the prize. Where are your results then? If you the prize, who the prize winner? If you the prize, where is the collector of the prize? A lot of these women have these egos and that's why they don't have no man because they have the ego. Because of their state or their misery, they want company. So they gather their troops by talking about their common enemy, the man, 
because that's the only place that they're able to get fulfillment because any man that comes around them or comes in their space they run them away with their attitude with their disrespect with their unwillingness to compromise so let me try to convince other people that married people are unhappy so that we can all keep each other as friends by saying that they don't need a man so that they can have company they don't want men don't need men don't want to be with men don't want to marry no man they just want to be by themselves if men are all of these things and you don't need them who, who, who are you with who are you with intimately who's sleeping in the bed with you at night nobody and you just so happy <laughs> like you just so happy with yourself a lot of these women walk around with this ego and this arrogance and that alone is what keeps them single once you hit 30 mm -hmm. no offense no why would why would a man go for a 30 year old right. when he can have a fresh 21 year old that okay. men look at it as oh she's 30 which means she's older mm -hmm. she's been ran through she's tarnished um she's hardened by all the relationships so she's lost her femininity oh, because she's masculine that's what i want to ask wow. you know, men think about these type of things mm -hmm. and it's very unfortunate that women don't realize that mm -hmm. until they hit 30 they want to be in their 20s and be like oh yeah i can fuck this guy fuck that guy but they don't ru realize you're ruining yourself and then you're trying to find yourself and by the time you're 30 you're like where have all the good men gone not to you because you ran through yo truly high value men are failures they're failures they failed often and they failed in spectacular ways we're talking about divorce bankruptcy repossessions you know maybe flunked out of school you know multiple businesses that have gone upside down you name it these people have failed and they failed in big ways because they've tried a lot of things so i find it interesting that so many people are confused about high value men having issues or failures in their past i mean give you a case in point if you know any truly successful men or you know anybody who's really good at doing something they don't trust people who had it the easy way because one they probably don't have a lot of respect for what it really takes to get there too they, they didn't they didn't they didn't make it their own way so good news if you will have the guts, the courage to try things, you're going to fail. You're going to you're gonna you're gonna miss the game winning shot, you're gonna miss the game winning field goal. And the thing is, can you get back up and continue to press forward? So in order to be high value, you have to fail. Takers always recognize givers. Boom. The hardest thing Boom. for me to do was to set boundaries and say no. And this is the year that I've been putting the energy back into myself for the first time in my life. Hey, bro. I've been really putting energy into me. Like, I, I take to. salt baths at night. Like, I do the things that it takes for me to heal. You can't even go four hours without eating. You can really eat my dick. Fuck you. I'm talking about really soul searching with yourself, getting with yourself, sitting alone with yourself, and working through them psychological traumas, emotional traumas, that type of shit. So you don't be triggered when you somewhere. Amen. Everybody faking living a facade. Everybody suffering on the inside. When you really come from nothing, you identify with not having. So you see yourself when you were struggling in somebody else. And so because you see yourself when you were struggling with somebody else, you uh, you easing your inner child. You, you you easing the pain of your inner child through helping others, which is a beautiful thing. Take. What you doing? Hello. What you doing? Hello, what? That's what you say when you answer the phone. You say hello. Who in there with you? <laughs> Who in there with you? 
I'm by myself. What you, what you cheesing? Because I'm happy. But what are you cheesing for? Like, Babe, I'm smiling because I'm happy. First you say you want me to be happy. Mm-hmm. And you love when I'm happy. Then you say I look too happy. That don't. But I mean, you just it's Man, that sound like see somebody got to be there. You trying to abuse me? No. <laughs> you just want to argue, babe. I don't want to argue. I'm just saying. But just say you miss me. Then if you miss me, say you miss me. <laughs> I miss you. I love you. Too. With a bitch under the bed, then I knew respect. it. I knew it. Let me see. I knew it. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 45. It says in there, I will give you the treasures of darkness. So I wait a minute. Darkness, what is a wise drip? Darkness a treasure. Darkness is melanin. I will give you the treasures of darkness. Isaiah 45. The treasures. The treasures of darkness. You see what I'm saying? So, so, if you go and take the Bible and take it out of the theological context on where you was taught it, and go back and just look, you will find these passages throughout the whole Bible. You see what I'm saying? So, if Revelations is a book that explains the unveiling of your soul through different seals, different symbols, um, the dragon and all these particular things and somebody teaches you that this is some horrible thing that's going to happen in the last days physically or whatever type thing and you were trained on it that way then you will you, you, you will never get the true meaning on what it's talking about and you will be, literally be afraid of it mm-hmm. Revelation is 99% of what's going on in your body you got seven seals, you got seven chakras. You got the great dragon, where you got the kundalini energy, which is the serpent that rises up the staff of Tahuti. Now that's the great dragon. That's the great dragon. You got the beast, which is the number of a man. That's six, six, six. You got six protons, six electrons, six neutrons, which is carbon. And carbon is the basis of melanin. Melanin is carbon. Additional confirmation coming out in the past 24 hours from the former FBI director confirming what we've heard from the FBI. Multiple foreign terrorist organizations have called for attacks against Americans and the West. And from Congress. Our country is really an increased threat for a terrorist attack. That they believe that over the past couple years that terrorist groups have already made their way into the United States and that in cities around the nation, and I had that list for you yesterday. According to intelligence, they have cells in Boston, Maryland, New York, Laurel, Maryland, Potomac, Maryland. 
They believe there are units, sleeper cells, set up, ready to all attack at once in a coordinated effort, major cities around the nation. The sleeper cells right now in America, but this administration hasn't done nothing. What about the Iranians we're catching coming across our border down in Texas in just the last few days? Also additional information coming out on the sleeper cell units, and they're saying this is not a tactical play. This is strategic. They've been here for years. They're letting others in, and now they're said they're to the point where they are ready to lay out a coordinated strategic attack on the United States and they believe that we are at the doorstep of that attack. We have additional confirmation coming out on all this. I'm going to be sharing with you the video footage here that they're saying that an attack on U.S. soil is very likely. And we heard from the FBI that this might not just be physical attacks, but in addition to that, cyber attacks on infrastructure. They're saying to watch our water, our electrical grids, our airports, as they're saying they're going to try to knock out U.S. systems. Now, how many are here and how big is the list of cities? Well, it's actually shocking how many there are. And this comes as yesterday, Saturday. We saw in Washington, D.C. at the White House tens of thousands of people from all over the nation gathering to protest the war in Gaza and call for the annihilation of Israel. Israel can go to hell! Additional warnings coming out at religious gatherings. Christians and Jews could be the main target of potential attacks. Now I'm going to be sharing with you the latest video footage so that way you can see it for yourself. And I know that this is not what anybody wants to hear, that there are potential attacks coming on U.S. soil and that we could be entering into, they said, World War III. However, I do believe that knowledge is power and we need to know what's going on. So that way we can prepare ourselves and our families. And if you feel the same way and you appreciate these up. Oh, Texas is not doing no plan. Texas is taking back their state. Texas said, we don't even want your border patrol. They are kicking the border patrol out of Texas. And Texas residents are taking over. They even chipped in to put up a wall that cost, I think it was $8 billion or somewhere around there. They're putting up their own wall. They say they're not playing with federal uh, uh, no more. They're not playing with none of them no more. They're not playing with Joe Biden. They ain't waiting for none of them. They're building their own wall, and they got their own citizens to watch the borders. Whoo! Boy, I got so much respect for Texas right now. Whoo! God, that, that's what you call that's fire that's fire that's fire that's fire they took back their state like what we'll do this ourselves we don't even need america back back damn Woo! but you got to realize this too why he talking you know when you get a bunch of hee-haw with a bunch of guns you already know what's gonna happen you already know what's gonna happen you get a lot of hee-haws out there with some guns. They will surely be killing people, non-pigmentation people, like they're animals, like they free game. This is what gonna happen. And it is gonna be a revolution then because you, it, you can't, if you got, if you got, a whole bunch of Caucasian men trying to stop one thing in one car, just like they do on the police force. The police kill black people just like it ain't nothing. What do you think they got? That's their mindset, man. 
They got the mindset of police officers. Kill non-hue people. No, kill people of hue. And don't kill non-hue people. Well, this war is turning out to be an existential threat to NATO. Because existential in the sense that Russia will have defeated not just Ukraine, but Ukraine was a proxy army of NATO. And NATO, all of all of its ISR assets, you know, intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance assets that were devoted to providing uh, intelligence uh, to Ukraine, to, to locate Russian units, to be able to carry out airstrikes with missiles, with storm shadow missiles, with HIMARS. Uh, all of that's proved useless. Challenger, Leopard tanks, M1 Abram tanks, bust. Turned out to be nothing. The wonder, the Wunderwaffen, the wonder weapons of HIMARS, you know, a bust. How about Patriot? Patriot missile battery, that air defense system, it's really paid hundreds of millions of dollars for, and what do you get? <laughs> Can't stop a Russian uh, hypersonic missile. So what, it, what this war has exposed NATO in a way that there would be a legitimate question when the conflict ends, why do we still have NATO? What's its purpose? Other than a jobs program for a bunch of white guys, you know, and all, and all of they get to pretend to command something. And yet if NATO actually had to go to war with Russia, how? I, I would like someone to draw it, explain to me how. Where are they gonna where are they gonna get these magical number of troops from? How are they going to get them into Ukraine without getting destroyed? What uh, air defense system are they going to suddenly produce that so far has been unable to stop anything that Russia's been doing? So if NATO wants to go that route, Russia certainly has the, the kinds of missiles that can hit any spot in Europe. So it's just, and, and Russia's been very cautious about not wanting to expand the conflict, but They've also been very insistent on they're not going to let NATO bully them or threaten them anymore. That's going to stop. See, y'all, I want y'all to understand Esau's blessing. Genesis 27 and 38. Genesis 27 38. And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou been one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me, also of my father. And Esau lifted up his voice, and he wept. And Isaac, his father, answered and said unto him, Behold, the dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. So this scripture right here telling you that he will be in everybody, everybody country, because where is the dew? The dew is everywhere. So his, one of his blessings is that he had the fatness of the earth, and he'll be all over the earth. Because you know where the Caucasian man came from, right? And you see where they migrating on everybody, everybody else's land, and everybody else's right. And then he said. And by the sword shall thou live. So the Bible said, and by the sword thou live. And by the sword shall thou live. And what is the modern day sword now, y'all? So 
as you look at this and analyze it and look at it from a clear view now. Look at this from a clear view now. Who is doing all the killing right now in the world? Caucasian man. What is Russia? Caucasian. What is Ukraine? You're Caucasian. What is the UN? Caucasian. What is Israel? Caucasian. What is France? Caucasian. What is Germany? Caucasian. May I go on? See, you 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 only hear about the wickedness of the Caucasian and what they doing. And by thy sword shall thou live. Where in America or any other non-pigmentation man came out here and did business without even have to um, kill nobody? Make big boy moves and, and when people have a stern no that you can you can accept that no instead of going out here by the sword shall thou live. Because the Bible already said there's no communication with them. Because if they living by the sword, they must die by the sword. This is what y'all don't understand. And this is the mindset you got to think. Now you looking at you now, you looking back, and if you're thinking man or woman, common man or woman in America and all over the world, you saying, well, let's look at who is doing all the mass killing in the war right now. It's really, I don't really see any people of of non-pigmentation start no mess. It's first, it was the United States and, and Putin. White on white crime. Now it became United States, Russia, I mean United States, Israel on a on a killing off non killing off pigmentation people. Now it's non-pigmentation people killing off pigmentation people. But then there's non-pigmentation people dying over what pigmentation people are doing. We look at that. And then I look at it and then they got the courtroom, the world courtroom with a bunch of non-pigmentation people. Now, huh? that's why I don't understand in the mindset of how the direction to go and how they set it up. They, they set it up how they wanted to. Because when I looked at that, I thought it would be different cultures, different nations of people, but it's more white people, older white hee-haw people than non-pigmentation people. There's a whole bunch of non-pigmentation people. Now, if I see that majority of the non-pigmentation people don't have empathy, what makes you think people that they going against Africa going up against begging people to stop 
um, pig, um, stop the pigmentation people from killing the non-pigmentation people. You got to go get permission. I don't even understand that. I'm still, when I seen that, I'm still wrapping my hand around that. You still going to your slave master. You still going to your oppressor. You still going to the people who set up this stuff, this crafty council, to beg them to stop. And all these nations down here ain't even got the heart of ball. A ball's a heart. No wonder they took away our nation. No wonder. I see why now. Because half of these nations cowards. You know, when we was ruling the world, it wasn't like this. It only got, it didn't only got like this when we, when our forefathers stopped doing what they supposed to do. And now, who's in charge? The Bible said when they, when they come in charge, evil multiplied. It was evil, but it multiplied. Multiplied times what? Because we can see the times what, what they multiply, but we don't even want to hear. And when you talk, when you talk strong talk out of love and understanding, you get a lot of people in their feelings. I'm wondering why. A wise man told me. If a man say something to make you feel a certain type of way, then you got to self-check yourself. How is somebody's words going to make you feel a certain type of way unless it's true? Or it has some merit to it? My mom always say, hit dog will always holler. So we always getting up in here, don't want to, and, and get mad when somebody put point out the wrong. If we got zillions of people out here in this world and nobody want to stand up for what's right, just sit in the dark and want to put their head in the dirt. But when somebody else come out here speaking of right, they want to feel a certain type of way or want to dismiss this person. But that tells you what the spirit is. Because the most high, this is all about, it's all about the spirit, y'all. This is what it's all about. And we and when we can get the understanding of that, then we're almost home. The Bible says this is about the spirit. This is not, this is between the most high and the devil of this world and his children. But we don't want to see this. We want to get in our film. We don't want to. We don't want to wake out of this nightmare, man. When is it gonna be time when all of us as a nation just wake up, man, out of this nightmare? So once we start waking up out of this nightmare, better days and better ways gonna come. But we so stagnant. That's why the Most High moving us. The Most High had to move us because we so stagnant. Because when we had the heart and the line and the fire in the 50s and the 60s, and you see the crafty council of the Caucasian man and the Uncle Tom of those people that look like us, 
holding the white man gate for the black man and the black woman. That's why I understand. That's what we got over here out of state. We got a whole bunch of billionaire black people that is holding the gate for the non-pigmentation man. Just like when, when Jesus came and the pharaohs, and when Jesus was coming, who was in charge? Who was ruling? The Caucasian man. And and it was the pharaohs, the, the, the ones that wanted to kill Jesus, the, one, the people of Christ, the, the ones that looked like him, wanted to kill Yahweh Shai. And they did. They wanted to stay in their position so bad. They wanted to, they wanted to suck up to the Caucasian man, non-pigmentation man, ethics, values, and everything so bad that that's what they do. They kill somebody else on the name of, and that's the spirit that they got like that. Oprah Winfrey, Oprah, and I seen Oprah up here with um Tasia, Tay, um not. Not, whatever I forgot her name is the, the, the female that seen out a high point a good girl have a good heart good spirit country girl now in order for her career to advance and do all that she, Oprah gonna use her as a as a see I'm doing this and Fantasia don't even know she in the trick hat unless she been sapped in with the devil now Fantasia don't know that. She doesn't sit up here and got got good got good up in Hollywood, even though she didn't she she wasn't she wasn't she didn't have the wisdom that she needed when she started dealing with these people. And now all these people talking about what Oprah is, and now her buddy trying to talk about, and now she wanna justify what this is. Fage, you better be quiet. Fage, you better be quiet for Oprah come and get you. Fage, you already know how she is. You already know you can't talk about them billionaires. You already know what's gonna happen to you. You already gonna know what's gonna happen to him. That's what you think? Psalms 105, 13 through 15. When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people. He suffered no man to do them wrong. Ye, he approved king from the, for their sake, saying, touch not, touch not my anointed and do my prophecy, my prophets no harm. So the most High already told them clown, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. First Chronicles 16, 20. And when they went from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Ye reproved kings for their sake, saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. So the Most High already got this out here. You think I'm just doing this because I want to do it? I'm doing it because I made a promise with the Most High, so I gotta do it. So, I ain't worried about what you got to. I ain't scared about what she say. Because 
I already know I'm one of the anointed. I already know the mood the Most High put me in. I already know the words that came out of my vessel is the Holy Spirit. So we got all these other people out here trying to hold the gate down that look like me. So we got to realize that because those people that look like us, only reason why they got clout is because we allow them to have it. This Miss Oprah, she ain't shh. Dismiss all the people that hang around them. Then they ain't nothing. Only when you give somebody something. It's because you admire them. Or you want to be like them. Now, if you admire an Oprah. And you want to be like Oprah. Then take the charge that the most high going to give Oprah. When he comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just looking out the window right now. Watching all this snow. Looking good, looking great. Looking fresh air. Yeah, I want to thank my people for coming in and chiming in on me and listening to me while I sit here and marinate on my thoughts. Maybe some of y'all can help me with my thoughts. Give me your opinion, what you think about it, how you feel. All you got to do is just come on in and holler at me and let me know. So, you know, I got a lot of information I like to know. I'm not here to start nothing. I'm not here to begin nothing. And I ain't even here for no drama. I'm just here to learn. Just here to learn. And just here to learn. But I want to thank all y'all for coming in. Y'all take care and have a blessed day. And peace. Bullets fly. Another go. All the wings ain't worth that loss. We've been down for way too long. Getting tired of holding on. I remember nights that I was lonely, far from being holy. Had to keep it on me, shawty, that broke Had to keep my guard, pour off some liquor for for the ones we lost. And I'm still grateful for all the time we got. Some of my niggas never really got that shot. Don't let them down, I make them proud the way I move. You know how I present everything I do. Down it out, falling in. So uh, other than a corrupt reason, like wanting to uh, feed the military industrial complex, why are we in Syria? Why are we in Iraq? Why are we in Africa of all places? Last place in the world they want to see American troops in the streets. Well, these are the questions that uh, President Trump asked. And uh, I answered, uh, we don't need to be there. And I explained how long we had been in these places, anywhere from 30, 40, 50 to 70 years, including Korea and Okinawa. And, uh, you know, there was no good answer. I think a lot of it is inertia uh, and complacency. 
well, we've been there this long. Well, what difference does it make? We've been there for X number of years and it becomes part of the bureaucratic structure in the, in the services. It becomes a, a mission factory. Now we have something for everybody to do. Uh, we can expand the command structure. And all of a sudden you walk up and say, well, I want you to vacate 400 of these bases overseas. And here's the list I want you to get out of. And everyone uh, is apoplectic. You know, the same thing is true in Europe at a place like Germany. What are we doing there? Anybody who tells you that we're there to deter the Russians should immediately be dismissed and sent home. That's nonsense. There's nothing to stop the Russians if they want to do whatever they want to do. We found that out in Ukraine. And we're not interested in going to war with Russia. So again, what are we doing with forces there? Are we encouraging belligerence on the part of our allies? Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Poland? Sometimes it looks that way. Well, that's what we've done in Ukraine and we've gotten a half a million people killed over there. This is insane, but it's it's complacency, it's neglect, it's ego. You know, everything is mortgage to vanity. That was the problem with the British Empire in 1946-47. You know, and suddenly the Brits were told, well, we're broke. You know, our debt to GDP ratio is 240%. We can't maintain ourselves in India anymore. People still said, well, we've always been in India. And, you know, what, what, what are you talking about? You know, this is our country. It wasn't their country. It was someone else's country. That's why they had to get the hell out. So, you know, we're in the same kind of boat right now. So, um, if Donald Trump is reelected president and asks you if we should stay in NATO, if we should insist over and over and over and over again that the chief military person in NATO should be an American general or admiral, how would you answer those two questions? Well, assuming that uh, NATO holds together between now and the election, and I don't think it's a, a stretch to suggest that it may not, the NATO and the EU to a large extent have been crumbling uh, in various ways for years now. I think NATO in particular, assuming it does uh, survive into 2025, I would tell him that these, th these are the terms for our continued membership in this alliance. Number one, you're going to have to pick a four-star from the European countries to become the supreme commander of Allied Powers Europe. Number two, we're withdrawing our forces. You're going to have to be your own first responder. Now we can come in and support you if you get entangled in something, depending upon what you do, because the danger, of course, whenever a large power like the United States commits itself to a very small power, the small power then is in charge of your military capability. That's what happened to the Tsar of Russia in 1914. He went to the aid of Serbia. It destroyed his country and he lost a war. We don't want to go down that path. So we have to be discerning about what we will or won't do. But the first step is to say, we want to, we want to support you and assist you in whatever way we can, but we're not staying in Europe. We're going to go home and we've got other fish to fry here. And you're going to have to pick somebody who's a European four star. Now, once you say that, I doubt very seriously that the Europeans will want us to stay. All right, everyone, got a little bit of an emergency alert out here for you. We have some insiders that are telling us that the FBI, the CIA, and other government officials are going to soon be warning about huge artificial intelligence-driven misinformation and disinformation campaigns. Now, this could be something a little bit larger than even what they are alluding to. What we are starting to see is that maybe we have reached that point in AI where we're going to see the dissemination of information 
deep fakes. We're going to see uh, stuff come out to cover up the recent release of files that have been, uh, you know, proven to be the downfall of certain celebrity figures. We are going to uh, maybe even see a little bit of chaos in the streets of the United States of America if what they can do will drive people into the streets. I started to see just a little bit of these videos, a little bit of what we're being warned about on social media. They were deep fakes of police officers, deep fakes of men in uniform attacking individuals across the USA. Now these were pretty good deep fakes and what we're starting, you can pick them apart just a little bit by some of the analysis that we're able to perform in-house too because we have access to some of the deep fake making uh, software. The, mo the majority of people, everybody right now who says there's nothing to worry about, nothing's going to happen, nothing ever happens, those are the people who are going to be fooled by what's coming out. It's going to have a lot to do with the election process. We are also going to see some calls for riots in the streets. Now, what the officials are going to say is that Russia and China are behind this, maybe even one of the proxy groups like Iran, maybe Yemen. Now, who is it really? Could this be one of the uh, U.S.-driven things that really push us into that next stage of martial order? That we really don't know. All we know is I'm here to tell you guys just be ultra, ultra aware. All right, let's do it again. World War III update. The war in Yemen is escalating. St. Petersburg just seen one of the biggest fires in its history, a 700,000-square-foot facility up in smoke blanketed the entirety of St. Petersburg in this thick black smoke. They're saying it was an electrical fire, but was it a cyber attack? There also is another major fire with oil tankers. Right now, I believe it's in Epping in the United States. North Korea has suspended communications with the South. We have a blackout in Rostov-Vondon. This, of course, is the city which has the headquarters of the Southern Command that oversees the Ukrainian operations within Russia. We have Lukashenko, the president of Belarus, warning of nuclear conflict. We're going to try to decipher his body language in a presentation that he gave to his constituents, and it does not look good. It appears as though they are truly concerned about a region-wide war that's about to escalate. We need to talk about China's new war rhetoric now that Taiwan has re-elected their very pro-independence candidate. We have Estonia, who is planning on mining the border with Russia. We also have a doomsday clock announcement on the horizon. We have nuclear batteries being created for nuclear-powered <laughs> robots. Terminator Hunter Killers, you heard it here first. And Forever Drones, drones that can run forever. We have the death of Chilean journalist Gonzalo Lira in the custody of Ukraine. Before the war started in Ukraine, it was 100 seconds to midnight. Before the war started, now we have everybody pretty much in the know who knows exactly what's going on, saying that this is the closest we've ever been to nuclear war ever on multiple fronts, and they only move the clock 10 seconds closer to midnight. So that kind of tells you maybe we shouldn't be taking this thing that seriously.
Corruption has run its course. It's 2024, and the minions of the Biden administration are inevitably being fed to the wolves. In hubris-riddled desperation, Hunter Biden yet again stormed the hill to defend his privileged outpost as the bagman in a foreign pay-to-play family business scheme tied to the goals of the New World Order. It does not matter who you are, where you come from, or who your father is or your last name. Yes, I'm looking at you, Hunter Biden, as I'm speaking to you. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> oh! What kind of crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? In an unprecedented outcome, the House will now vote on recommending criminal charges against the child of a sitting U.S. president. The Mockingbird Media and the Uniparty establishment would have us all believe that this is merely business as usual. Just two sides of the aisle muckraking as the election season ramps up. However, Hunter Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas are far more than pawns caught in the political storm. They are minions of a strategic globalist mafia threat to U.S. sovereignty, commonly known as the New World Order. And they have each succeeded at harming the future and security of the Republic of the United States of America. Mark Zuckerberg has notoriously been building this massive bunker in Hawaii. Everyone knows this. Mark Zuckerberg has started to prepare for the doomsday. The Facebook founder is creating a compound which also features a doomsday bunker. But then at the same time, selling half a billion dollars worth of stock. Warren Buffett liquidating eight billion in stock. Ray Dalio selling. You have Jamie Dimon selling 140 million in stock. CEO Jamie Dimon is set to sell a million of his shares at today's levels that amounts to roughly $140 million. And you have all of these executives and CEOs all stepping down. I mean, look at this, CNBC, why American CEOs quit in record numbers in 2023. They say 1,500 CEOs quit. 1,500, this is the highest number of departures since they started tracking the data in 2002. In fact, I think they know something we don't know. I think that 2024 could be the year that changes the entire world that we know. We have 9 billion, 9 billion worth of stock sold just from corporate execs and billionaires this year. You have Warren Buffett liquidating 8 billion. This is November, like all of this has happened the last 60 days, right? You have Zuckerberg selling half a billion worth of meta shares. All of these billionaires, all of these really wealthy executives, they could easily, easily take out a loan against their stock and you know they'd be able to hold on to their stock, they'd be able to get their cash. The only downside is that if the stock crashed, they would get margin called. Mark Zuckerberg, small businesses, uh, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, everyday Americans, they don't get their funding from JP Morgan Chase and Morgan Stanley. They get the local credit union, the small regional bank. That's where they get their funding. And as these small banks start to dry up, the big banks are going to call all the shots. It's going to get a lot harder to get funding and financing in the years to come. America's top 20 banks collectively have fired 61,905 employees in just 2023. First Republic Bank announced plans to lay off up to 25% of its workforce. The biggest restructuring at Citigroup. Which potentially includes deep job cuts across the board. It might sound like a big number, but when you look at the trajectory of where this is heading, you'll see something much, much bigger ahead of us. So between January 1st and October 19th of 2023, banks quietly fired 20,000 employees. And the larger story is that if you look at these five banks, they've cut about 20,000 jobs so far this year. Then the collective 60 days between October 20th to roughly December 31st, roughly 70 days, they fired another 42,000 employees. 
This thing's ramping up and it's ramping up very, very quickly. 430,000 companies have filed bankruptcy so far in 2023. For one, a number of other businesses have recently filed for bankruptcy. According to S&P Global, more than 230 companies have filed for bankruptcy so far this year. This is the highest rate since the great financial crisis in 2008. You will see, most likely this everything bubble, that's on the verge of popping. And I believe it's going to pop very, very soon. So U.S. households have a perceived net worth of $18 trillion. Did you know that $5 trillion of the $18 trillion was acquired in one single year inside of 2020? There's a lot of stimulus, unemployment benefits, PP loans, eviction moratoriums. People were able to pull money in because they weren't paying rent. A lot of them were not paying rent. And they were able to pull money in, save it, invest it in their business, buy cars. You know, there was so much money out there. When you look at this massive bubble that's being formed, then you look at what millions of companies are going through right now. What you're going to likely see is this number go from 430,000 to over a million bankruptcy. If you have all of these bankruptcies continuing to skyrocket, how can people pay on their second homes, on their cars, on their primary residences? We're going to begin to see a fire sale of assets the likes of which we've never seen before since this country's existence in 1776. It's a big claim, 250 years. I believe it's going to be worse than 1929 and 2008 for many. And I believe you're going to see so many people go out there and create massive fortunes if they're positioned, if they're prepared, if they understand what's coming. In the Red Sea, the Houthis are still at it, attacking ships at will. On Tuesday, they launched 21 drones and missiles, all aimed at shipping vessels. It was their largest attack yet, but warships from the US and the UK shot them down. No one was injured, nothing was damaged, except for business confidence. Shipping companies are spooked. After all, this was the 26th Houthi attack in less than two months, and by the looks of it, it won't stop until the war in Gaza stops. About 12% of global trade passes through the Red Sea and these attacks are bleeding businesses. Our next report tells you more. It was around 9.15 local time. The Houthis were gearing up. One-way attack drones, anti-ship cruise missiles, anti-ship ballistic missiles. They had it all. And soon they launched 21 of them. It was targeted at shipping vessels in the Red Sea. The Navy, rocket forces and the Air Force of the Yemeni Armed Forces carried out a joint military operation using a significant number of ballistic missiles, naval assets and drones targeting an American ship that was providing support to the Zionist entity. So the target was an American ship, but around 50 vessels were in the area. Any one of them could have been hit. But before that happened, the US and the UK jumped into action. 18 drones, two cruise missiles and one ballistic missile. They were all shot down. It was taken down by a combination of British and American warplanes and destroyers. So no one got hurt and nothing was damaged. But it was the largest attack by the Houthis and it's gone on for quite some time now. In November, the Houthis warned the West. They said they would target Israeli-owned or Israel-bound vessels. This was to protest against the war in Gaza. And they've lived up to their promise. Since November 19th, the Houthis have launched multiple attacks. Tuesday's attack was their 26th one in just three months. Of course, this has left ships spooked. 12% of annual global trade passes through the Red Sea. That's $1 trillion worth of goods. Container ships carry oil, consumer goods, all sorts of material. This is obviously not good news for them, which is why they are redirecting ships. Ships usually use this route through the Suez Canal. It's the quickest sea route between Asia and Europe. The alternative is a much longer one. It's around Africa's Cape of Good Hope. This adds 3,500 nautical miles to the journey. 
which means it will need more time, more fuel, more crew and more money. Shipping rates have risen over 4% in the last one week and it will rise further, which means someone will have to bear the cost and it's likely to be the customer. So get ready for things to get more expensive. But is there a solution? America has offered one. It's a multinational task force, an alliance of sorts. Many nations have joined. Together, they are guarding the Red Sea. The warships that took down the drones and missiles were part of this. Some other countries like India have also sent their warships. There are patrols and increased security, but some shipping companies still remain reluctant. And Tuesday's attack showed why. The US and the UK may have prevented it, but will they be able to thwart every Houthi attack in the Red Sea? So she said, India, India. So you telling me that you down with killing the Pakistan? That's what you doing, India? This sound like to me, that's what you doing. Because if the United States is sending Israel these, these weapons to kill other people and you down with it, may the most high continue to, to slaughter you like he's supposed like like Bible prophecy says. Because anybody dealing with America and doing their wickedness, may the most high continue dealing with y'all. May he may he cut y'all from the point off. to Africa. Trouble is brewing in Somalia. The terrorist group Al-Shabaab has kidnapped at least five foreign nationals, people who are working as contractors for the United Nations. The team was in a helicopter. They were carrying medical supplies, but the helicopter malfunctioned. It had to make an emergency landing in central Somalia in an area controlled by Al-Shabaab. The terrorist group then seized the aircraft and they've reportedly killed one person from the team. They've captured some of the others. The United Nations has confirmed the capture, but they're withholding further information like the identities of the foreign nationals. Our next report tells you everything we know so far. A helicopter carrying United Nations contractors went down in Somalia. There were at least eight people in the chopper. At least two local crew members and some foreign nationals. The helicopter was on a mission for the UN. It was headed to Whistletown in central Somalia near the front lines where Somalian forces are fighting the terrorist group Al-Shabaab. Al-Shabaab is a terror group that is affiliated with Al-Qaeda. It has around 10,000 fighters with strongholds in parts of central and southern Somalia. Al-Shabaab has been waging a war of terror for years now on Somalia and neighboring nations. The Somali government and an African Union peacekeeping force are fighting the group. And these counter-terrorist forces get help from the UN. The UN helicopter that was seized was on one such support mission. It was carrying medical supplies and it was supposed to airlift injured soldiers out of the war zone. But it never made it to the extraction point. The helicopter malfunctioned en route and it had to make an emergency landing right in Al-Shabaab territory. The terrorists were quick to react. They seized the helicopter and captured some of the people on board. At least one person was killed. I can confirm that there was an incident involving a uh, UN-contracted helicopter that took place today in uh, Galmudug in Somalia. Uh, response efforts are underway, uh, but I, I think if you will understand for the sake of the safety of all those on board, we're not going to say anything more at this point. The UN doesn't want to give details at this point. We don't know who the foreign nationals are, their countries of origin, or how many of them were captured. The UN says response efforts are underway. 
Somalia's information minister has said his government is undertaking efforts to rescue the crew. But reports say no Somali troops have been dispatched. The area where the helicopter went down is one of Al-Shabaab's strongholds. The terror group has controlled it for over a decade. So it's unlikely that they will be dislodged anytime soon. At least not without help. A Somali soldier based near the area gave a brief assessment. He said, I do not know if there will be commandos on planes with the help of foreigners. That may be the only possible way to rescue them, but so far it has not happened. Foreign governments may not want to send in their troops, so the only option seems to be diplomacy. That's what the UN seems to be banking on anyway. Let's hope their plan works and the hostages are released soon. So you hear, you know, I'm looking at the video, y'all, and, and I see it's a bunch of men that look like me, right? And I hear these words that they're talking about terrorists, terrorists, terrorists. How come we never hear the non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman labeled as terrorists? Is 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 not is not real? Is is not real a terrorist? Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Jessica. Okay, um, back to this very serious breaking news that we reported at the top of the hour. We are now getting word of a new attack on an American base, this embassy in this case, overseas. We're learning that more than half a dozen 60 millimeter mortar rounds landed inside the U.S. embassy compound in Baghdad. There were originally reports they were rockets. We're told that there were no injuries, thankfully. Let's bring in Lieutenant General, Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg. Uh, General Kellogg, good to have you with us as always. Um, what do you make of this attack that we're just learning about this morning? Yeah, thanks, Martha. Thanks for having me. Look, there's a difference on this. When, when you start attacking embassy and embassy grounds, it's a lot different than attacking, say, Al-Assad Air Base because there's a, there's a, a policy or a, a, an idea that there's the thing called extraterritoriality in State Department language, it's a mouthful. But it basically means you're attacking sovereign U.S. territory. Mm. So that's what the embassy is. And when you look at the amount of attacks that have occurred, which is, what, 78 attacks, over 30 of them actually happening in Iraq, this is a real assault on American sovereignty in the Middle East. And, we're, and the concern I've got here, Martha, is that everybody's kind of dumbing this down. It's like, okay, all these attacks keep coming and nobody really gets concerned about it anymore. This is very, very serious. This reminds me of 2020 when paramilitary forces that were supported by Iran attacked the American embassy and that's when we eventually took out Soleimani. Mm. Somebody has to draw a line one of these days in the very short term, but this is much, much different to me than, than say, an attack on al-Assad because now they're attacking actually U.S. embassy grounds at sovereign mm. territory. Absolutely. Uh, so is Iran just going to keep pushing us and testing us all over the Middle East to see how far they can go? Oh, absolutely, Martha. This is one of those where somebody has to draw a line and say enough is enough and do something. And it's going to have to be dramatic. The longer this goes, the harder it is. And they need to turn it around. I don't think they're going to be able to do it in the short term until they do something dramatic. And that means probably go inside of Iran Make sure that the, the, the Supreme Leader knows how serious we are and to knock it off. If yeah. people think this is being done on their own, they're wrong. 
the Houthis, for example, they're not getting those missiles, they're not getting those drones from a local Toys R Us. Those are being supplied by Iran. They're getting their guidance from Iran. Hamas is getting their guidance from Iran. Hezbollah is getting their guidance from Iran. Iran is a critical actor in this, and we need to address it. Okay. Long-awaited, unsealed documents reveal high-profile names linked to convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Let's go off the wall and break down some of the biggest names, the claims, and the responses. And off the top, we, we, we're just talking about this. We want to emphasize that just because someone's name is in the document doesn't mean they were involved or guilty of anything. In many cases, Will, you pointed out, it's the lawyer who brings up the name of that person. It's, sometimes it's the other way around, but being named in these, we want to be careful about that. Yeah, your name next to Jeffrey Epstein is bad, right? That mean like it leap people leap to conclusions. So it's important for us to understand that not all these names necessarily meant they had a connection to Epstein. In fact, often it was that they didn't have a connection. I, ex to Epstein. Except for this one. Yeah, we'll start though with Bill Clinton. Um, uh, Bill Clinton's office maintains he, know, he knows nothing about Jeffrey Epstein and his crimes. But in these are depositions, and in, in, in these depositions, for example, I believe this one is from uh, Virginia Jeffrey. Um, he, she was asked, did Jeffrey ever talk to you about Bill Clinton? And she says, Jeffrey said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. There's also the speculation that Bill Clinton went to Vanity Fair to try to squash an article that was going to come out about Jeffrey Epstein. You also have some of these logs that have come out on flights showing, documenting that Bill Clinton was often flying with Jeffrey Epstein. So these, these denials are coming in a little thin. Uh, another name that was mentioned... Uh, in this is Donald Trump. And a lot of people wanted to jump on that and say, oh, man, well, make that comparison. In this case, that comparison cannot be made because in multiple uh, sections of this deposition, they were asking, did you see Donald Trump? No. Did you ever massage Donald Trump? No. So a lot of it was a recognition that while they were in the same social circles in New York and Palm Beach at that time, uh, there was no, it was not a close relationship and he was not uh, traveling with Jeffrey Epstein. No, Trump and Epstein apparently knew each other in the 1990s. Um, referenced here, we'll call up Trump, we'll go to, I don't recall the name of the casino, but we'll go to the casino. They know each other, they knew each other. Trump says they had a falling out. I knew him like everybody in Palm Beach knew him. I mean, people in Palm Beach knew him. He was a fixture in Palm Beach. Uh, I had a falling out with him a long time ago. I was not a fan of his, that I can tell you. I was not a fan of his. Falling out was apparently Jeffrey Epstein was at Mar-a-Lago and creeping on a young girl there. He, Donald Trump got wind of it and, and kicked him out, didn't allow him back. That's so, the story. Other names that, that are mentioned. Now, this one is not, um, it, by any means, in all the documents, an innocent name. And that is Prince Andrew of, of England. There are allegations all throughout. His name is all over the place in yeah. these things. And there are allegations of sex and sex with underage women. And there's examples, like in this situation, where... Um, Virginia, again, Jeffrey says that I sat on Andrew's lap. They put the puppet hand on Virginia's breast and Andrew put his hand on my breast and they took a photo. And it doesn't help that one of the most public photos out there is of uh, him with Virginia. So you can't dispute that there was a connection there. There's also a financial settlement. There was no admission of, of liability or guilt per se. But uh, there are reports that 
He's increasingly distraught about the public revelations that have come from this document. Um, I didn't know this name until uh, now. No, this is this is new. Now, and look, people, uh, an, an interesting rebuttal that people make to, to the names involved with Jeffrey Epstein is, well, but how did you not know what he was up to if you're around all the time? Well, here's an example, I think. Did you ever meet anybody famous when you were with Jeffrey? I met Michael Jackson. Oh, really? Where was he at? At his house in Palm Beach, at Jeffrey's house in Palm Beach. Did you massage him? I did not. This is all under the cover of, of massages. Who did you massage? And this is what Jeffrey Epstein trafficked in was the connections that he had and the stories he could tell, the people that he knew. Yeah. Sometimes it was true, sometimes it wasn't. Did he meet Michael Jackson once or did he meet him 50 times? We don't know, and there's doesn't help to speculate, but it reiterates that a lot of these names pop up because they're famous, but not because they're necessarily close to Jeffrey it's Epstein. It's a good point to make it. Epstein ran these names out a lot to say, yeah. I know so-and-so to increase. But, but when you see names, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Blanchett, Bruce Willis, in these documents, as we started out with, sometimes it's a lawyer saying, did you ever see Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. there? And then the girl would answer, no. So, but now his name's in the document. Or, exactly. Or in this case, as I just talked about, she's saying, well, I never met them, but Jeffrey Epstein would say he was on the phone a lot with Leonardo right. or Cape, was he or Bruce, was he or was he not? We don't know, but he would make it look like he was. Uh, David Copperfield, the illusionist's name also comes up. Did Copperfield ever discuss Jeffrey's involvement with young girls with you? Uh, he questioned me if I was aware that girls were getting paid to find other girls. See, that's the, the part about all of this is how much of this Jeffrey Epstein reality, this open secret was really known. And that's the question. If you were around him, did you know the other stuff? And right. what did you know? And that, that statement right there alludes to the fact that maybe he did know that the rumors were out there. Right. And who drew the line, who didn't? It's, it's tough to figure that out. New developments tonight as protesters gather outside the White House. Here was the scene earlier today as demonstrators gathered outside security gates uh, that were installed outside the White House fence. Uh, that uh, prompted the Secret Service to evacuate non-essential personnel. Uh, just in the last hour, we're learning uh, why. Um, our Priscilla Alvarez joins us now from inside the White House. Uh, Priscilla, I, I noticed earlier you were on the phone. Now you're back in the briefing room. I've been in situations like that myself over there at the White House. I know the Secret Service doesn't take any chances. What is the latest on this situation? That's exactly right, Jim. Moments ago when we were talking, we were being evacuated by Secret Service. As you can see, I'm in the White House briefing room now. That was a very short moment, about 10 minutes, where Secret Service thought they needed to get us off the ground, that being non-essential personnel and press. I have since talked to a federal law enforcement official who told me that what prompted that higher level of security was a damage to the temporary fence. Around the White House, there were additional barriers that had been placed knowing that this protest was coming to the White House this afternoon. And there was some damage to that fence for a brief moment of time that led to that higher security posture. This official also telling me that objects were thrown over that temporary fence. That did not, though, lead to the higher security posture. Jim, you have been to the White House uh, probably as many times, and there was enhanced security over the course of the afternoon. They had prepared for this march on Washington for Gaza to intensify over the course of the afternoon, which is what we saw play out amid chance of ceasefire. Now, President Joe Biden was not here at the White House, but all of this is going to underscore some of the uh, what he is navigating politically, which is as the U.S. continues to support Israel, there has been pushback to 
domestically and on the world stage for ceasefires a ceasefire in Gaza, where, of course, there have been images of uh, the humanitarian crisis that has unfolded there and the many thousands of deaths. Uh, so, again, President Joe Biden was not here for this incident. There was a moment where we thought we were evacuating and were in process of doing so. That posture no longer the case as crowds have dispersed. All right, we're continuing to monitor a large demonstration outside the White House. CNN's Priscilla Alvarez joins me on the phone. Priscilla, uh, this is part of the uh, protests that were taking place across uh, D.C. today uh, in support of Gaza. W what can you tell us? That's right. This is the March on Washington for Gaza. They started earlier today and uh, earlier this afternoon they arrived to the White House. It's hard to tell how big it is. I'm in the White House complex only looking through the fence. But it does look like potentially hundreds. I will tell you, Jim, that we are now uh, evacuating. Non-essential personnel from the White House have been asked to leave. Uh, the president, though, is not here. President Joe Biden left to Camp David this morning. So he is not here. But the protests have intensified enough for uh, Secret Service to evacuate non-essential personnel. Um, and we are waiting for additional guidance. But... As of now, the protests, you might hear them over the phone. They have gotten bigger. They are chanting uh, and calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. This, of course, has been uh, an issue that the president has confronted, uh, not only here in Washington, but also as he hits the road across the country. Uh, we see uh, police uh, see flashing sirens and helicopters. Uh, Our protest. It formed outside the White House tonight. It has gotten a little uh, testy there. Uh, the Secret Service, they've had to take action. Sing like a ship, 
is this a blip? Run around on a mad trip, fuck around and get your ass killed with no guilt. You're invisible to the naked eye, and look into the sky, asking God why. Can I die? Dead dreams don't fly. Let me break it down to the new sound. I'm not playing around, I'm making much, much pound. Focus on my riches and I want it now. Say what you want to say, believe what you want to believe, do what you want to do. You wanna be, you ain't shit, that's how the world view you. Can I try a little something? Can I make a little something? Can I keep a little something? Can I save a little something? Can I try a little something? Can I make a little something? Can I keep a little something? Can I save a little something? Can I try a little something? Can I make a little something? Can I keep a little something? Look at me, I ain't frontin'. We want you to marinate on this. If you feel this, then you know what I'm talking about.